Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, and I have a tremendous show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer professional advice or personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. He is the one. Jesus is the one. And the reason I'm making that statement is because in the midst of trauma, trial, and war, the natural propensity for men and women is to question. How do we know that? It's because that's what happened to John the Baptist when he was thrown into prison. You see, the war is starting. The war is starting. Now, I'm not, I'm not really talking about the thing that's going on in Israel. I'm not talking about the thing that's going on in the Ukraine. I'm not talking about the thing that's happening on the southern border of the United States of America. I'm talking about this, Ephesians 6, 12, chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's going to get difficult. Most people do not, even though that scripture is a fairly well-known scripture, most believers really do not think in the spiritual They think in the carnal. And they're thinking about all these other wars. But Jesus lives in the miraculous and in the spiritual realms. Now, of course, he came to earth. And this this is part of what, you know, John the Baptist struggled with. Even though he knew all these things, he knew the power of Jesus Christ. He knew where he came from. And and in earthly terms, John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus Christ. So how does he start off? When we go to Matthew 11, let's go there and read a little. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples... He went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, 
He sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, let's just stop for a second. I mean, seriously, again, John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus Christ in familial terms. John the Baptist was the messenger, the one who was sent ahead of the Messiah to proclaim the way. And yet when he's in prison, in and let's just say a weakened state, he questions, asking, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? <laughs> I mean... So Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. You know, he's talking to John's disciples. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus had to recount many of the miracles that he did just to say to John, you know, to say to his disciples to tell John that like, look, it should be quite obvious But that's why he closes with, I believe anyway, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. When things get difficult, when you are pinned down in spiritual battle, the propensity is to ask the question, it's God, are you there? Are you real? Are you really there? That's why, you know, we have to, you know, use prayer and faith, you know, in this warfare. You know, again, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, Jesus said truly, he goes on um, saying, hey, you know, to those who are listening, you know, uh, about John. He says, truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And he goes on to say, I think this is very appropriate, not only to the time of Jesus, but to the time of right now. Especially to a church that has no spiritual prowess um, and just wants prosperity. Here's Jesus said, to what can I, this is 
the same chapter, Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. To what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating or drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So, you know, John the Baptist, you know, didn't, wasn't gluttonous. I mean, he had a diet of honey and locust, which is pretty disgusting. <laughs> it's like a Bear Gorilla's breakfast. So he didn't eat and drink with the sinners. And they say he's got a demon. And, G- but, and Jesus comes and he does eat and drink, you know, with the sinners, with the the tax collectors. And they call him a a glutton and a drunkard, which, of course, is a lie. Same thing with John. They lied about him. But And Jesus said, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. John... shed light on who was coming. He preached about Jesus and foretold about him and baptized folks, of course. Jesus told them that the kingdom of God was at hand. And he used his miraculous powers to convince and save people, the common people. You know, all how many of the not there were a few like Joseph of Arimathea, who were rulers who got saved. But how many other people got saved? You know, a lot of a lot of common folks. And he went and he was among the sick and the disabled. When he says, you know, go back and report to John what you hear and see, the blind receive sight. That's disability. The lame walk, that's disability. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. That is sickness. The deaf hear, that's disability. The dead are raised. You can't get more disabled than that. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That is really, that's the end game. For Jesus Christ, the good news. The trusting in him brings life and salvation and eternal life. But he says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. It's in this world... It's tough. 
because the world hates Jesus. The world hates Jesus. And if they hated him and you're a believer, they're going to hate you. And you know, when people hate you, it's just, you know, it's not a settled feeling. It's not a feeling of comfort and it's not warm and fuzzy. And so it becomes a situation, especially if and when you're alone, to question, you know, about God, are you there? You know, did I do the right thing in trusting you? Everybody hates me. You know, John was in prison, you know, and I'm sure not a nice prison. And he asked the question, are you the one? And I just want to encourage you that Jesus is the one. Jesus is the only one. You know, at the end of this chapter, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary, weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. If you don't think John the Baptist wasn't burdened, I mean, first of all, he's in prison asking these questions, asking the question if Jesus is the one. So, really, the answer, you know, for him and for all of us is to come to Jesus. You know, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus Christ is our our rest. Because in this life, you may not get a lot of rest. I think, just as an aside, um, you know, the financial system is on the edge. You know, and here in America especially, you know, there's really only one or two things that can happen. You know, Janet Yellen, just to divert one more time, go down one more rabbit trail, you know, uh, was asked if, if America can fund two simultaneous wars against Russia and China. And she said, of course we can. The only way to do that is to print money. Do you know that's really what got us into this mess? And really, you go back, I mean, you can go back to World War II, you can go to any war. The government has to suspend uh, the right way of creating money in order to fund wars, because wars are really, really expensive. 
If you go all the way back to Greece, go and watch the, I can't remember what episode it is, but it's, it's, the, it's between episodes one and seven. Um, and Mike Maloney's The Hidden Secrets of Money on YouTube, The Hidden Secrets of Money. And he goes back and documents that, you know, the Greece who, you know, really the, uh, uh, maybe you'd call them the first great, you know, culture is that, you know, they had to fund a war and they began debasing their currency. You know, they do things like, you know, again, you start putting other metals in your coins other than silver or gold. You start shaving, you know, people, you know, when they'd walk into a temple or whatever, that in order to get in, they'd have to pay. And you'd take a coin and they would shave it. Um, you don't create, you know, dust that the uh, authorities would, you know, collect and then, you know, use that to mint new coins. And again, debase it further with, you know, um, you know, base metals. Eventually, that led to the downfall. Same thing in Rome. What happened in, uh, with the Vietnam War? I mean, during the 1960s, America started spending unbelievable amounts of money on the Vietnam War. They, you know, were on a gold standard. America was on a gold standard. And um, I think it was McNamara who famously said, you know, that the dollar's as good as gold. And de Gaulle, the, the leader of France, said, well, then give me gold. And ultimately, when the United States, you know, went and sent, you know, troops, men, carriers, Air Force, etc., into Southeast Asia, they had to do business there, too. And there were banks there. And, you know, um, Vietnam was a, a French colony at least the South, and, um, and I believe some of the other countries also were, um, were French at that time. But they had to do business. The U.S. military had to do business with France in that part of the world, and France took the dollars and converted them into gold because that's what happens on a gold standard, a true gold standard, is that the currency is convertible into the metal. And they took it and converted it into gold. And that was really the impetus for America going off the gold standard because they could not maintain it. So when they asked, you know, Janet Yellen about funding a war, which is really two wars against, you know, a two-front war against Russia and China, you know that this woman, <laughs> I'm definitely down a, a rabbit trail right now, but you know that she dined on these magic mushrooms in China when she went to uh, appease, uh, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party a few months ago. I think she's still feeling the effects because that girl's cray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she's still seeing, you know, some Play-Doh and Play-School and whatever else she's dreaming of because um, that will be, things will start to freeze up um, and probably before then. 
Because, you know, and if the, the, they were honest about the money, and see, this is going to affect you because it's going to ruin a retirement. It's going to ruin your savings. The only things that will matter are tangible things that you can put your hands on, like food, water, shelter. Uh, but it, it will prove to be one of these two things. Either they're honest, which of course we know they're not honest. If they were honest, they would say, um, we, can't re- we can't honestly do this anymore because we're just printing the money into oblivion. We don't have the money. Uh, we, you know, we are bankrupt. Um, you're not going to get paid. Sorry about that. Strong letter to follow. But they won't do that. They will do what every other nation has done, and that's hyperinflate. They will have to hyperinflate to um, print enough money to pay off the debt, which will still cause a collapse. Either way you go, the money collapses. And a war will exacerbate that. You know, those two world wars killed Great Britain. They were never the same, especially after the Second World War. They weren't, they weren't the same after the First World War either. And look what happened to Germany. I mean, first of all, Germany, you know, pay, you know, participated in the war. And the rest of the world blamed Germany and made them pay reparations. Well, in the payment of the reparations... That's what led to the the uh, debasing of the uh, the Weimar Republic and led to the hyperinflation that's so famous, especially, you know, between 1921 and 1924. Uh, excuse my uh, heating coming on. Um, but that when your money is ruined... When your dollars are, you know, in, in Weimar, Germany, there's, there's the famous photo of the guy pushing a wheelbarrow and it's stacked as high as his shoulders, full of money, like to the baker to buy bread. And really, the wheelbarrow had infinitely more value than the money that was inside it. When this happens, are you going to, you know, question God or are you going to praise God? Are you going to thank him for what he's done for you? Or many people, I believe, will curse him. And it's because they have been sold a bill of goods known as the prosperity gospel from these famous TV evangelists that you can have your quote your best life now, unquote. This will cause, when things are ruined, and and you you get one nuclear exchange, even if it's a, you know, local tactical nukes, you're probably talking about a dissolution of markets. But we'll see. Maybe it'll take two or three of them. Initially, people will run to the bond market 
and that might cause a rally in the bond market. Um, but when everybody really realizes that no one is buying U.S. Treasury bonds, that's why the interest rates will have to go to unbelievable levels to get anyone interested. The Japanese just dumped, I mean, billions. Billions. No one is renewing the Treasury bonds that they once owned. As they come due, they're not renewing them. Whether it's China, you know, Russia is completely devoid of all their bonds, and you can go on and on. Again, big news about Japan recently. Uh, interest rates have to go up because the United States is becoming itself a junk bond. When this ruins your retirement, it ruins your 401k, your 403b, your pension. Again, this is my humble opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Is that it will cause a great falling away in the church. Because the church has done nothing except preach prosperity. And it will be taken away from them. Because the easy money is gone. And they never had common sense to begin with. But they, whatever faith they had, whatever ability to to even go to church, let alone praise God and praise and glorify God, they will fall away. That's what the scripture talks about. about the falling away. Let me, I wonder if I can find it. Sometimes I can. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. It's NAV, so sorry about the contraction here. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Now, let's... um, I think I want to read something else besides the, the NIV. Let's just go to King James. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come... A falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Let's let's read the parts of the chapter around that. Second Thessalonians two. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word. Let me stop for a second. John the Baptist was troubled when he was in prison, questioning that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by the word, nor by letter as sent from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, 
who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sinneth in the temple of God, shewing himself that he is God. So, that's talking about when the man of perdition, the Antichrist, he will come into the temple in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God. When that happens, you can start the, the um, eschatological clock and know that the, the 1260 days has started to count down. That the times, times and a half, times, time, excuse me, let me say that again. Time, times and a half, that's three and a half years, you know, or the 42 months has started. That's the wrath of the devil there. And then you approach, you know, the day of the Lord. You know, after that. But these things bothered folks, which is why, you know, Paul is writing um, these things to the Thessalonians. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by a letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So you need to know, you know, these things. You need to know your, your Bible. You need to know your scripture. That's the way you know Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Read the Bible and you get to know Jesus Christ. And that by doing so, you will not be deceived. And by doing so, you will not be shaken in mind. By doing so, you will not be troubled. And you won't be troubled, you know, by spirit or by, you know, by word or a letter from someone. You will know that he is the one, that Jesus Christ is the one. And that obedience to him, first faith in him and then obedience to him, is the path to eternal life with him. You know, there's over a hundred Bible verses where Jesus is called the Holy One. And I just want to wrap up by saying this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but should have but have not should have but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is why Jesus Christ came when Jesus told John the Baptist about all of his miracles. You know, he told the disciples of John the Baptist to go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. 
So first have faith in Jesus. Because God so loved you. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. You're like, wow. I mean, that is love. I have a son, a song, excuse me. <laughs> I do have a son too. Um, but I have a song about what is love. And it's because God loved us and he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the one. We're not looking for someone else. We only look to him. And God, forgive me my sins. Forgive me my shortcomings. Trust in Jesus Christ now while there is time. This thing that's going on when we talk about the world being at war, I mean, I covered that, you know, if America involves themselves, which they're going to do, I mean, they're, they're putting the carriers off the coast of, of it's only another day or two or a couple days before they arrive off the coast of Israel. You know, Iran and Russia have basically said that they're, you know, they're considering that to be war. And those are nuclear powers. So, and they're not going to, they're going to, you know, initiate an attack upon America, in my humble opinion. Take that for what it's worth. Everything will change. That could ruin the markets. That could take all your money. And if you're not prepared, it might take your life. Or if you happen to be in a, uh, a target city. No matter what happens, knowing Jesus Christ and knowing that he is the one, the only one through whom eternal life flows for human beings is that he is the one to trust. He is the one to trust and he is the one to obey and to obey his commands because then he knows that you're his friends. He is the one. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. You can donate by going to www.encouragingangels.org. Click on the Donate tab. You can give using your plastic cards. Uh, at our great uh, payment processor, the Cornerstone link that we have there, or by sending something directly to our P.O. box. Well, this is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Szymanski, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time. <laughs>